Welcome to the Harrison Faith Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor Brian Herring. It's our prayer. This message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Appreciate uh, the warm welcome and um, so glad to get to be here in the first uh, Sunday of the year and uh, just really uh, Caleb and all of your worship team, uh, boy, what a what a wonderful experience uh, that that we've already had uh, this morning. Uh, I'm like Paul when he wrote to the churches. I'm, I'm I'm glad to hear of the good things the Lord is doing here at Harrison Faith, and um, grateful for. Uh, you know, the Lord is, he's building his church, right? And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Um, I want to, I want to, um, I haven't preached for a couple of weeks. Um, I've been home in Kentucky with, with my family, uh, all of my family, my brother, my sister, my mother. Uh, we just lost my stepdad uh, two weeks ago. Uh, actually uh, past midnight tonight, two weeks ago. And um, if any of you dealing with um, older parents, you know what a challenge that can be. But I'm grateful. Uh, in 40 years of being in Arkansas, uh, I, I got to spend more time with my mother than I have in a long, uh, in fact, in those 40 years. So I'm grateful for, for that and uh, would ask that you would pray for that situation because there's a lot of challenges that we still have for that. Are you ready for some word this morning? And uh, I want you to turn with me. Uh, this, this is a scripture that really has blessed me. Um, and, and it's found in Psalm 65, Psalm 65, verse 11. And it says this, um, and this is in the New King James Version. It says, you crown you crown, um, you crown the year with your goodness and your past drip, drip with abundance. You crown, and that word, that word crown right there, it means to encircle for attack or to protect. Um, and, and you'll hear in a moment um, Concerning what I believe is is coming, um, I like uh, Luke chapter four verse sixteen through nineteen. You you know this. You're familiar with this. Jesus came to Nazareth. He he went to church on the Sabbath. I think that we ought to follow his example, right? We ought to follow his example to go to church. And uh, when he uh, they gave him the scroll and he stood up to read. This is in the Message Bible. And he was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and unscrolling the scroll, he, he found the place where it was written, God's Spirit is on me. He's chosen me to preach the message of the good news to the poor, sent me to announce pardon to prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to set the burden and uh, battered free, to announce, this is the one I like, this right, to, to announce this is God's year to act. I mean, he was going to believe today that this is God's year to act. 
as you know, in the King James Version, it says, this is the acceptable year of the Lord, yet this is the year for God to act. I, um, uh, there, there's been, and we're going to talk about uh, the new year as related to the scripture, but uh, the, the whole process of January 1 uh, was, it was not always the new year. There was at one point, it was changed. Uh, Christmas was the beginning of the new year. And another time in the history of the world, um, uh, March, it was changed to the first of the year. Um, but in the 16th century, it was changed back to January 1. Just, just for context, um, we're talking about a new, new beginning, the start of a new year. Um, and all of us uh, have heard of New Year's resolutions. Some of the more, um, uh, some of the ones I have used, and some of the more popular ones in the past is, uh, well, I want to spend more time with family and friends. I want to, I want to get, I want to get fit. Um, I want to lose weight. I want to quit smoking. Enjoy life more. Quit drinking, get out of it. These are just some of the things that people set as resolutions. Usually it goes in one year and out the other. Just, just waiting. I don't believe that any of these top ten remotely come close to what the Bible says about what our focus should be in the coming year. And as I've studied, I've found this is the top ten on God's agenda. I believe that we ought to focus on Him. I believe we need to focus on a new beginning, a renewed desire for the presence of God, a time to receive a word, the word from the Lord, a time to allow God to stir us up to do something, time when the promises of God will be fulfilled, a time for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a time for a fresh revelation of Jesus, a time to remember and reflect on the finished work of, of, of the Lord Jesus, a time of warfare. I believe if we focus more on these top ten, I believe that we'll get not only what we hope for in this world, but also in our spiritual life. The Bible says the Lord has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That means in this life. He says, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. What we do is we go after the, the things in the world and not realize that, that the Lord is our shepherd we shall not want. He's going to take care of everything that we have desire. He said, delight ourselves in the Lord. He'll give us the desires of our heart. C.S. Lewis made this statement. You aim at heaven and you'll get earth thrown in. You aim at the earth and you get neither. You know, people say, well, you know, you can be too heavenly minded to be any earthly good. I don't agree with that statement biblically because the Bible says we ought to set our affections on things above. 
We need to be seeking the kingdom of God. We, I really don't think we can be any earthly good until we're spiritually minded, quite frankly. Amen. Now, listen, uh, I'm Pentecostal from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. And you won't scare me if you say amen or talk back, all right? So let's all just relax a little bit. I want to just share a few things with you that I believe are what we ought to focus on. Um, one of those things is, is a new beginning. Everything that I will share with you this morning will be, uh, will be within the confines of the Word of God. I love the Word. In fact, uh, on December the 31st, I finished reading the Bible through again. Um, and, it, it, and, and, and I've already started, and I'm already in day two of January, and uh, I've already done my Bible reading for the day. Uh, because I believe that any believer needs to have a steady digest of the Word of God. And it's my conviction, because it changed my life. The Word of God changed my life. He renewed my mind. He restored my soul. He really did restore my soul from the reading of the Word of God. I want to just say something to somebody here uh, because I don't want to just be preaching to be preaching, but uh, you, you've got a situation. I've just felt this in the beginning uh, that, that, that basically you've given, hope, you've given up hope on that you don't think that it's... In fact, you would consider it dead. You consider it dead. But, but I've come to tell you this morning that thing's not dead at all. It's not dead at all. That, that the dream or, or what you're, you're dealing with that you think is God is going, to, uh, he is going to do a miracle of such significance that you cannot deny that it is a miracle. And the people around you that know that, they will not deny the fact that it's a miracle. I mean, it's going to be almost a resurrection moment. Come on. Hallelujah. Anybody got anybody want to receive that this morning? This word today is not just so that you know one or two people can get it. All of the word of God is available to you. It is yea and amen in Christ Jesus. And it's available to you in the Lord. I believe the Lord wants to give some of us a brand new beginning. We read in the book of Genesis, as you know, Noah was a, 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 a perfect man who served the Lord in his generation. Noah walked with God. We know that Noah was working on building this ark over a hundred years. He built that ark and, uh, and the rains did come. What God said, this man stayed faithful to it, though everybody else would ridicule him. And then the rains came and, and the flood came. And, but, but after a period of, uh, of, of time, the rains abated, they stopped, and then the earth began to dry up. And we read in Genesis 8, 13, watch this, and it came to pass in the 601st year in the, watch this, the first month. In the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried up from off the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. Here, everything was changing. Everything was different. 
And Noah looked out and saw that it was dry. And in a matter of time, he walked out onto that dry land. And you know the first thing he did? The first thing he did was he got the animals and began to sacrifice. The Bible says he built an altar. He built an altar to worship the Lord. And if we want a new beginning, what we must do is build our altar. We must sacrifice our praise. We must discipline ourselves because I want to tell you today, no matter what the past has been like, not only for you as an individual, but collectively as a church, no matter what you've been through and the difficulties you have faced, I've got good news for you. The Lord, can, what I love about church and what I love about, uh, about the kingdom of God is that there's a fresh start and a fresh moment for anybody who's willing to say, God, I'm tired of the way it's been. I don't want it the way it's been before. I want a fresh start. I want a new beginning. And you can look out on the landscape of the world that has that is really changing. The landscape of this world is changing. And the judgment of God is bringing a change in the landscape. But friend, it ought to bring us to a point in our life where we say, God, I'm desperate for a new beginning. I'm desperate to walk with you. And I'm going to commit myself to building that altar in your presence. I think there's something very important uh, as, we, as we read the Word of God is not only do we, uh, do we need a new beginning, but I believe we need to remember and reflect in the beginning of this year on the finished work of Christ. I, uh, I wrote a book in 2020. I, I want to do, try to do something productive. Uh, COVID had had just absolutely uh, wreaked havoc and continues to try to wreak havoc in our country. But I wrote a book about my experience of reading the Bible through. One of the things I discovered and one of the things that will help you in reading the Scripture is to find out the person and the purpose of the book. The person of the book is Jesus Christ. From the very beginning, in the beginning, that word, in the beginning, God is Elohim, which is plural. It's a Hebrew form, and it's plural. Not that there are multiple gods, but it is the Godhead in, in God the Father, God the Son, and the Lord, uh, and, the, and the Holy Spirit. And we read in John 1, 1, in the beginning, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the same was in the beginning with God. And, and, and what we see not only is the person of Jesus Christ, but also we see the purpose of why he came, and that is the gospel. And we read first about the gospel, and I just read it this morning in Genesis 3.15, that God, certainly a serpent, would come and bruise his heel, but he would crush his head. And, be, and on the cross of Calvary, the Bible says in Colossians 2.14, he spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. And, 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 and our what we must focus on the beginning of this year is, we must focus on the finished work of Christ. Let me show you something, and, and I won't read the scripture to you, but I'll just give you the example, is that you realize that Israel was in bondage to Egypt for uh, many, many years, and, and, but, but God sent someone to lead them out. Someone to give them a new beginning. Someone to say, it's the year for God to act. They have waited. They had cried out to God, please, Lord, send us a deliverer. Send us someone to lead us out of this bondage. And God heard their cry as they cried out to him. And, and he sent Moses. 
But the way that they came out was, uh, was a little unusual, wouldn't you think? That the Bible declares there in the book of Exodus, the way they would come out is that they would sacrifice a lamb. And that, that lamb, uh, that, that lamb, the blood of that lamb would be put over the doorpost. Now watch this. How did they come out? They came out of that doorway with that blood over, over the doorway. And I tell you this morning, that happened in the first month. That became the first month. The tenth day, watch this, the tenth day, they would choose the lamb. And I'm declaring to you uh, that this, this, that that tenth day is the day that we choose, as, 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 as Joshua said, as far as me and my house, we're going to... We're going to serve the Lord, and we're going to choose Him, and we've come by way of the blood. We've come by way of the cross of Calvary, and there is nothing more important that has reconciled us to God. And at the beginning of this year, that's what our focus ought to be, is on the finished work of Christ. It is done. We've been reconciled to Him. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. We ought to be grateful unto Him. He doesn't have to do one more thing for us. Not one more thing does he have to do for us at all. What he has done for us is all sufficient. Everything that we need is in Christ and in the finished work that he's done. I love what the psalmist said. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all of our sin. He heals all of our diseases. He redeems our life from destruction. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies our youth with uh, uh, good things or he satisfies our mouth with good things that our youth is, is restored like the eagles and he executes righteousness and justice upon all who oppress. When I pray, those are the things I declare in Jesus' name. He saved me and he healed me. I came up this morning and asked for prayer to be healing from a stomach issue. Can I tell you, I believe by faith in the word of God if we lay hands on the sick they shall recover what is that that is rightfully mine in Jesus name I just came to declare to you this morning that somebody sitting in this congregation will believe by faith that Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday today and forever and that he changes not and that your healing is already in the blood you cannot take away God and healing I've not seen healing. I don't know why I'm not healed. I can tell you that God is who he says he is. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our God that heals us in that atonement. The Greek word is sozo, and that word sozo is healing. So we're healed in our spirit man and in our body and in our mind. Thank God. Can you just lift a hand this morning and say, thank God for my healing. Somebody's getting healed. Somebody's getting, somebody's receiving. Who's going to receive that right now? I'm receiving my healing in Jesus' name. The finished work of Jesus. That's what we're going to focus on. The finished work of Jesus. I, I'll tell you, I'm a, uh, I'm, a, I'm a connoisseur for the presence of the Lord. Uh, have a real taste and a real hunger. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Have a desire for his presence. I've gone through the Bible and I've just looked up moments 
where there have been people that have enjoyed the presence of the Lord. See, when you've tasted and seen the Lord is good, and you've been in his presence, nothing else satisfies. I was, I was a teenager. I've had some amazing experiences as, you see, I wasn't, I wasn't raised assembly of God. I was raised for the first 12 years of my life in, in a Southern Baptist church. And I'm grateful. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm so grateful because they preached Jesus. I felt the Holy Spirit tugging on me those years. He was calling me. I didn't even know it. I didn't even know who the Holy Spirit was. I, I'd never heard. I'd never heard about the Holy Spirit until a tragedy took place in my family and and the Assembly of God pastor came and he wrapped my family up and helped us through that 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 horrible tragedy but it's there that I began to hear about a real commitment but not only a commitment to the Lord about salvation but I saw it in people's lives they didn't talk about it they were living it and then they talked about this baptism of the Holy Ghost I wanted whatever they had. You couldn't convince me that wasn't true. They tried to convince me before, but you couldn't convince me it wasn't true because of what I saw in those people's lives. And so after I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, just had I, I witnessed, I witnessed miracles. Uh, I, I was in a service, I was just a teenager, and we had a, a man by the name of E.T. Quanabush, a powerful man of God. You know, he's one of those kinds that you didn't, I mean, he took command when he got to the pulpit, and uh, you didn't hardly want to breathe because he'd call you down if you did, you know? And so I was scared out of my mind about this guy, and, uh, but at the end of one of those services, I don't know how I wound up on the platform, but he laid his hands on me, and it was like a knockout blow by the Holy Ghost, and I was out in the presence of the Lord. You say, you believe in that stuff? <laughs> you come a little bit too late to try to, to tell me otherwise. And I was out. And I'm telling you, I was overwhelmed with the presence of God. Caleb, I, I want to tell you, I said, Lord, if you don't let up, I don't know that I'm going to live. I was honest. But, you know, I, I, then I had, a little, a little, I had a little fun with myself. I said, but, whoa, what a way to go. You know, I had a friend of mine that always say, I, I want a little heaven to go to heaven in. Well, I, I thought I was going to have that moment. I thought I was going to have a little heaven to go to heaven in. So, as just a young man, experienced these amazing, the amazing presence. And I pray to God, and I believe this with all my heart. I believe there's going to be a youth movement. It's already started. There's going to be a youth movement so incredible. It, it will eclipse anything else that we've ever seen in our lifetime. I've got to tell you that. I believe that with all my heart. If, if, if The Bible will not be true if that doesn't happen because he says he's going to pour his spirit out on all flesh in the last days. He talked about young men and young women. So I believe there's going to be a powerful move of the Holy Ghost in these last days. But, but we must have a desire for the presence of God. Now let me just go out a little bit further here and tell you that the last time I checked, this is an Assembly of God church. What that means is, is it's not just in a name. Because there's a lot of churches that have the name that are going through the motions. And the modern movement now is to get in and get out as quickly as you, you need to. And we have no time to wait in the presence of the Lord. 
And I'm so tired of not waiting in the presence of the Lord to allow Him. It's not our service, it's His service. It is Him that we have come to, to worship and adore. It's Him that we want to wait on. It's Him that we desire His presence so that He can move in a way that He desires to move. I pastored a very large church in Russellville, Arkansas for, for nearly 16 years. But I'm so grateful to tell you that it hardly was a Sunday that went by that God didn't do something special in those services simply because we didn't get, a hur- get in ourselves in a hurry. I, I didn't care if, if, you know, if I preached or if I didn't. I was prepared to preach. But what I wanted more than anything, I desired the presence of God to permeate that place. The cloud of His glory. Moses, when he built the temple, the Bible says... Thus did Moses, according to all the Lord commanded him, so did he. And it came to pass in the first month. You see that? In the first month, the second year, on the first day of the month, that the tabernacle was raised up. And then we read a little further. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle and the Bible says the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former and I just came by to tell you the presence and the power and the person and the purpose which is the glory of God wants to permeate this place he wants to fill us he wants this glory cloud I just kind of look up and I, I, I declare to you that, that a lot of people are watching the weather out there and wondering if, if it's going to snow if it's going to sleet I am I am looking in the spiritual forecast and here's what I can tell you I declare in the name of Jesus that there is a hundred percent chance that the glory of God is going to fill the tabernacle once again I'm going to take a praise break for a moment and just shout unto God with a voice of triumph hallelujah hallelujah wouldn't it be great I I often said at Russellville, one Sunday, I, I was just waiting that people would get out of the cars and they'd fall out in the presence of the Lord. They couldn't even get because of the glory cloud. In fact, years ago, when uh, Russellville was starting, uh, they, they had an old, they, they were meeting under this giant tent. And uh, as they were meeting one night, the glory of God came and rested on that tent on the top of that tent to the point that uh, people who observed it thought it, the, the top of the tent was on fire. And there was, old, there was a brother Burris, I think he became, uh, he became the superintendent of the Assemblies of God, was in his bedroom. He looked out and he saw, he saw that the tent was on fire. He got dressed and ran over there and realized it was the glory of God and slid into the altars, gave his life to Jesus Christ. And, and I want to tell you, friend, uh, God wants to do that again. You say, oh, that's fanciful. That's, that's not going to happen. I want to tell you it is going to happen because God promised it and he desires to be with us as much as we should desire to be with him hallelujah glory to God everything I'm telling you is happening in the first month I'm reading you the scriptures I could tell you about others Solomon the glory of God filled Solomon's house Hezekiah's house I want to tell you that Our world is changing. 
but we're being dictated by talking heads, by the latest news. We govern our lives by what this world is saying. Can I tell you, stop governing your life by the latest news or the talking heads. What I'm telling you, they're bringing confusion and disunity to the church. Would you start listening to the Word of God and obeying the Word of God? Because what the devil wants to do, he wants to destroy the church. And you know that better than anybody at this point. He wants to destroy the church. But I have good news to tell you, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of the living God. COVID's not going to do it. We may live in a new normal. And we keep looking. Listen, let me just tell you. Stop looking for something to change necessarily. And believe God to change you. To change the way you look at things. I'm not going to live in fear. During the election, don't boo me out here. Okay. During the election of however long ago that was, 2020, I guess, was the election. And everybody, you know, you know how, you know how everything was up in the air. And uh, the Lord told me to memorize Psalms 46. And I didn't quite know why, why but I knew to obey the Lord. Listen to me. Because two years before that, he told me to memorize Psalms 91 and to lead my congregation in Psalms 91. When March of 2020 hit, we realized that no plague shall come near our dwelling. Come on, somebody. We determined to live by the Word of God. And so, in, in, uh, before the election, he told me to memorize Psalms 45. You know what it meant? But I, when, I, when I said, God is my refuge and strength, watch this, a very present help in the time of trouble. Come on. Therefore, I will not fear, though the earth be removed. I mean, he paints the worst scenarios possible. Though the earth be removed, though the mountains are carried into the midst of the sea. Man, what a horrible sight that was. But I will not fear. Now, I don't know what all this means, but when I started looking, you know, and, and it, was the, it was the Biden and Trump and all that stuff going on, but here's what I know. The Word of God trumps anything. <laughs> Come on. In Psalms 40, we just, that 45th president would walk out and the 46th would come in. And it was Psalms 46, and the Lord says, The Lord is my refuge. It's not in a man. It's never going to be in a man. The Lord is our refuge and strength, a very present help. And no matter what we're going to face, COVID or anything else, God is our refuge, and God is our strength. And a very present. Can, can I get a witness here this morning? I believe something very, another thing that's very important in this new year is that God is stirring us up to do something for the kingdom of God. No more idly sitting by and watching things happen and let our world dictate what happens. 
Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 1. Watch this. It says, it came to pass in the month of Nisan. That is the first month. That's the first month. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. Now, I'd never been sad in his presence. What was going on with Nehemiah at that moment? He was in a foreign land. He was serving the king of a foreign land. But the Lord was stirring his heart up about his homeland, which the promise of God said, after 70 years, you would go back. And they had already gone back and built the temple, but the walls lay in ruins. And he said, he said, I was sitting there, and you wouldn't be sad in front of the king because he'd cut your head off if you were sad in front of him. But the king wanted to know, what, what, what's going on? He said, I, I cannot be happy when my homeland is, is destroyed. And God was stirring him up, though he wouldn't be the preacher, but he would be a person who would lead to go back and lead the, the families in rebuilding the walls. I've come to tell you that God is stirring us up afresh and anew. And, and what I love about this church and what I hear about this church is that you, every one of you, are involved in ministry and you should be involved in ministry and helping serve and advance the kingdom of God. I tell you, in 2022, this will be no, uh, this will be no secret to you, but God that we are about to enter in a time of warfare, spiritual warfare, unprecedented spiritual warfare. Now, I don't want to scare any of you here today, but we don't fight against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against flesh and blood, but spiritual wickedness in high places. Ephesians chapter 6. This is war. And it's interesting as I search the scripture to discover that even in the first of the year is when the, uh, the enemies would come against God's people at the first of the year and do warfare. I read in the book of Esther Listen to this. In the book of Esther, chapter 3, verse 12. Then were the king's scribes called on the 13th day of the first month. And there was written according to all that Haman had commanded to the king's lieutenants and to the governors that were over every province and to the rulers of every people of every province according to the writing thereof. And to every people after their language and in the name of the king of King Ahasuerus was written and sealed with the king's ring. So basically, what, what was written here was by wicked Haman, who is a type of the devil, by the way. And wicked Haman had, had got the king to write a death decree on every Israelite. And there is something you need to know, that there's a devil who don't play. He is out to kill and to steal and destroy. And he don't care if you're a young person or if you're an old person or any points in between. He is out with a target on you. Let me explain to you that we're living in a whole different world than, than 
again, at my age, that I lived and grew up in. I used to walk the streets of my hometown at five and six years old. I would ride a bicycle when I was a little older all over my city without any worry about anything. I, you, you wouldn't dare let your child do that in the day that we're living in now. This is a different world that uh, the darker it gets, the more uh, the portals are open for demonic activity and spiritual warfare, and they're falling to the earth. The Bible says, listen, listen, the book of Luke chapter 10, uh, Jesus said to those, those 70 that he sent out, I saw Satan falling as lightning from heaven. And I tell you, friend, that there is warfare on the horizon more so than ever before. And the darker it gets, the more, uh, sadly, the, the sadder the situations are. Uh, uh, and the darker it gets, the more we've got to fight. But I've got good news for, for, for all of us. One of the, uh, one of the that Psalms uh, 46 that, that I memorized, it says, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The Lord of hosts. What that means is the Lord of hosts. And the angel, that host means the angelic host. And God has an army of angelic hosts to come to our rescue and ministering spirits to help us in, these, in this warfare. Listen, we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. We never have to be defeated. We never have to lose a battle. We just understand that, uh, that the word of God God is mighty even in our mouth and the blood of Jesus is powerful against all power of the enemy we are going to win this is God's year to act I said this is God's year to act Woo. amen amen I, I hope you're receiving a word from the Lord this morning because what I believe and I have said this around the district lately not preach this sermon around the district, but I've said this lately. You're going to see a new anointing, a new unction upon the men and women of God like never before. Listen to me. I talked about angelic visitation. Uh, can I tell you, anytime God begins to move in a new way, in a new, in a new, uh, in a new day, that you see the increased activity of angelic visitation you rest assured uh, if God is for you who in the world can be against you Woo. glad I'm, I'm not afraid I'm if you're afraid today I, I, I the Bible's not I want to, oh wait a minute whoa, whoa. somebody here you're battling with fear you're struggling with it but I can't I came by to tell you God's not giving you a spirit of fear you're over here somewhere God's not giving you a spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind. And what you've been worrying about, in fact, in fact, it's, it's been a situation that has really never happened, but you still struggle with it. You're still battling. But I came by to tell you today, in the name of Jesus, you're going to be delivered from that. I said, in the name of Jesus, you're going to be delivered from that. Fear hath torment. Watch this. But perfect love cast out all fear. There's a Father that loves you more than you know. And if you'll just reside in the Father's love, that tormenting spirit, mm, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, it's broken. Can somebody agree with me today? It's time to receive a, a word, a fresh word from the Lord.
Ezekiel 29, 17 says, It came to pass in the 720th year, in the first month, the first day of the month. Look at that. The word of the Lord came into me saying, I believe somebody's receiving a word from the Lord. I sat in the service the other day, a preacher was preaching. And I'm telling you, the Lord was just downloading my spirit right then. He was speaking, but the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. And I was, in fact, I, I was taking notes as, as that guy, guy was speaking. Because the Lord was, was giving me a fresh revelation as well. I could go on and on, but listen, I've come by to tell you that we're living in the days of God's outpouring. He's going to pour out his spirit in these last days. Watch this. In Joel chapter 2, 23, it says, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you. Watch this, the former rain. And the latter rain in the first month. Mm. Wouldn't it be awesome if the Lord would just break out in this place? In this first month, on this first Sunday of January, that God would just show up and show out among us. Wouldn't that just be awesome? In fact, I just believe it's going to happen in the name of Jesus. I love the presence of the Lord. I've been so blessed to be in his presence, see, see amazing things happen. But I don't believe our best years are behind us. I believe that our best years are in front of us. I've specifically targeted, I believe, I just believe there's, 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 there's something going to happen significant in the first 10 days of this year. I want to invite you to pray and fast with, with me. For the first 10 days. I recently wrote our Assemblies of God ministers. Tell them that I, I really sense something in these first 10 days of the new year. We generally observe 21 days because of Daniel. But what we miss is Daniel chapter 1 is Daniel had a restricted diet the first 10 days too. And the Bible says that he came out 10 times better. I don't know about you, I'd like to be 10 times better than I am. Then I read, then I read some very interesting things. They chose the lamb on the 10th day of the first month. The 10th day of the 7th month was the day of atonement, which was preceded by Rosh Hashanah, which is the beginning of the civil new year for Israel. But on Rosh Hashanah, it would be followed by 10 days of repentance and renewal, which would culminate in, in the Day of Atonement. And when they would blow the trumpet in the Jubilee year, that trumpet would sound and usher in all the blessings that the Jubilee year would bring mm. on that 10th day. Come on. It was the 10th day of the first month that Israel crossed into Jordan into the promised land. I'm ready to enter that promised land of God. Ezekiel, the hand of the Lord was on Ezekiel. But what's this? And the last thing I'll share with you is this. 
At the beginning, in God's year to act, he brought his disciples together and says, you tarry at Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. They had witnessed Jesus for 40 days. They had a fresh revelation of the resurrected Lord. But for 10 days they waited. 10 days they waited. And the Lord filled that place with his Holy Spirit. And the church was birthed. How about a rebirthing of the church? How about a renewal of the church? I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. I want to encourage you to choose the lamb this morning. Choose the lamb. As they did the first of the year on the tenth day, choose the lamb. If you're watching by internet or you're here in this service today, the best thing you could ever do in your life is choose the lamb. Choose Jesus to be your savior. Choose him to be your Lord. I believe that also today that you need to step into your perpetual jubilee because that is God's year to act. It's the, that's, that's the season we're in. I believe this morning that you need to enjoy the promise of God because they're yea and amen in Christ. I believe this morning you need to step into a fresh experience with the Lord. A fresh revelation of Him. I'm going to ask you to do something this morning. As I was praying this morning and just some directive about the end of this service. I've shared six or seven very key uh, focuses on the beginning of this year. But I believe there has to be movement. You have to step into it. You can't just casually say, well, okay, then uh, I'll, I'll just accept that without movement. The children of Israel had to move out of Egypt on their journey, right? When we read the other passage of scripture that when they crossed over into uh, across the Jordan there had to be movement when they came to Pentecost after being with Jesus 40 days he said you got to go tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high I believe there has to be movement what I want to challenge you with this morning is we need to step into the promises of God into this new year. This is God's year to act. But it's your, it's your year to move. It's your year to step into what you believe God wants to do. And what you're going to believe God is saying to you concerning the Word of God. Here's what I'm going to challenge you to do this morning. These are, let's just say, from the far aisle over here, that's your gateway to breakthrough. This aisle, your, your gateway 
to breakthrough. That's your coming through the bloodstained doors. That's your gateway here coming across the Jordan. That's your gateway to go and build the church of the living God. That's your gateway. But it's an act of faith. He said, you know what? I'm going to take an act of faith and I'm going to step out. I'm going to step out and into my blessing. And so I'm going to ask you right now, as they, as they will worship, I'm going to ask you to step out. And say, you know what? I know this is God's year to act. But I'm going to step out in faith believing as well that God's going to act on my behalf as I take a step. Come on. Come on. Come on.